This is Binod Shankar and you're listening to the Real Finance Mentor podcast from the realfinancementor.com. The Real Finance Mentor is your go-to resource for insight and inspiration on careers in finance, CFA and more. I would think why this podcast? Well, my goal is to deliver insight and inspiration for your finance career by making it one relatable. This is not theoretical stuff. We zero in on the critical practical issues. Number 2, authentic. No bullshit, no sidestepping. The topics, guests and questions are all from that perspective. And number 3, take a chartered accountant CFA charter holder, add 17 plus years as a corporate warrior, mix in 10 years of entrepreneurship, through a decade of full-time CFA training, add speaking, mentoring, cycling and mountaineering, and that's me. Welcome to the real finance mentor, or as I call it, RFM. Hi everyone, this is Binod Shankar here with the Real Finance Mentor podcast. the podcast that delivers insight and inspiration for your finance careers right so every time we have a new guest uh, a guest with an interesting story a inspirational story that uh, i have someone i've known and someone whose story i would like to present to my audience now my next guest is dhruvish pujara now dhruvish isn't exactly an ex student of mine like in my previous episodes but we have been connected via social media for some time now I have been tracking his progress over the years and I've been impressed by what he has achieved more so after I had a long and detailed conversation with him quite recently now dhruvish has a bachelor's in commerce from ahmedabad university after which he qualified as a chartered accountant um so that's one thing in common between us he then worked in axis bank a large indian private bank uh, as a deputy manager and recently he moved into sell side equity research in the financial capital of india mumbai where he specializes in the bfsi banking and financial services industry he is also by the way interestingly a marathon runner but that's just all the basic facts there is a lot more as you will uh, find out during the duration of this podcast so welcome to the show dhruvish yeah hi binod uh, firstly thanks for the opportunity right so i'm going to straight away jump into something that really uh, impacted you probably transformed you right you recently qualified as a chartered accountant so congratulations but it was a long and frustrating journey because you suffered a few failures along the way now from my experience failure often triggers introspection action and success so i have three separate questions for you number one tell me why the failures happened so see uh, you know uh, failures happened uh, mainly due to four reasons uh firstly uh, it was mainly due to fear of failure okay so back then i was more of a output oriented person and less of process driven so i mean i would think about the outcome all the time and not trust the process i, I would think what if i fail what if i don't clear in the first attempt right second reason uh, was bad time management right so due to my inquisitive nature i ended up wasting a lot of time going into the needless depth of my favorite subjects in ca and thus would end up end up covering just 50 to 60% of the syllabus right then the third reason was i took some time took some good amount of time to understand the game of rep so what i mean is the game of repetition right so it is a strategy which works very efficiently in ca so what i mean is uh, reading 1000 pages two times is uh, less effective than reading 400 pages 
five times. Uh, not to mention the letter takes less time. Uh, and the fourth reason would be uh, I would give up before the exams were over, right? So let's say after having a bad paper, I would take so much pressure that I would end up spoiling my other papers in that attempt. So yeah, that's it. Right. So that was the why. Now, how did you manage to finally nail it? What changes did you make to ensure success? So I took some time, uh, not just to understand, but also accept my shortcomings. Right. So now, most of the time, like accepting your shortcomings is not an easy th- thing to do, at least for a person like me. So mainly, my shortcomings were three. Okay. First was lack of self belief. Second was bad time management and third was not performing under pressure. So firstly, I accepted them and I started working on them relentlessly. Uh, So luckily, I took up running after my second uh, failed attempt. So running gave me a lot of self-belief after I ran my first half marathon. Uh, It made me believe that, okay, there is a light at the end of tunnel if I don't stop. Okay. So then for time management, I would reach out to my friends who had cleared their CA, who were way smarter than me, and they would guide me on the approach to take and on the execution part. And lastly, to deal with the exam pressure, uh, I gave 10 10 to 12 practice sessions, practice exams of each paper at private coaching institute and at ICI mock test. So that's how it, it went. Now, chartered accountancy can often be a uh, transformational experience. At least it was for me when I did my CA. So how did the CA journey change you as a person? Okay. So it was certainly transformational. I mean, see, CA was something which consciously or subconsciously got connected to my identity. Not just when I joined the course, but it happened back in 2000. uh, I mean, in, in the 11th grade. So... It was a story I had sold myself for years that, okay, I'm going to do this, right? So there was always this internal pressure to maintain your self-image and behave in a way that is consistent with your self-image, right? So after some failures uh, in CA final, when your mother comes to you and asks you to assess other career options, then CA final was not happening, right? So then somewhere you start questioning uh, your competency as a person on a very fundamental level. And uh, trust me, that is not a very great, very comfortable place to be in. So, uh, I mean, after a lot of self-talk, you take a decision that, okay, uh, I'm going to do this. And that decision uh, taken somewhere in the middle of night uh, changes you to the very core. I mean, you really got to owe it to yourself. Okay. So also secondly, uh, it's more about uh, the mind block sometimes, right? So I mean, there are 3,000, 300,000 CAs who have done it. uh, Like, so of course you can do it too. I mean, to put some context, you are not out there uh, creating a city on Mars, right? So it, I mean, it's doable with some work. Also, uh, I understand. I understood that in the long run, uh, persistence matters more uh, than your intellect. I mean, it's a 40-year career, right? Like you start at the age of 25, you retire at 65, 
so it's a marathon not a sprint okay and anyone is capable of turning the tables uh, but yes it comes with a lot of work and of course patience so coming to general stuff of course it did help me like ca did help me how to think it improved my thought processes helped me to come out of my shell helped me understand what was happening around and that's it now dhruvish it can be quite difficult to switch uh, sectors careers even if you are young i mean you are not a chartered accountant all india rank holder or a first attempt pass or an mba pass off from a top school right yet you managed to make the important career jump from working in a large bank in credit risk management right to sell side equity research uh, which is much sought after by many people now this is quite unusual and uh, admirable so i'm very curious what was the process you followed sure uh, so that's a very good question uh, right so initially when i used to reach out to people working in the industry uh, they would tell me that uh, okay without a rank without first attempt without a big four article ship without a tier one mba or a cfa level 2 for that matter it is quite unlikely that you can get in but i never accepted this statement and i always had the mindset of what if i can make, uh, get in without all this dispensable tax right so uh, in the first 3 months i talked to close to 35 to 40 people working in the industry to understand the industry dynamic for example when does the hiring happen how does it happen what do they prefer from the candidate what do they look for how is sell side different from buy side how each side makes money how it is less difficult which one is less difficult to enter as a novice what are the work life balances in each of them etc so basically all this helped me to get clarity on what i wanted and also what was possible given my profile right so after this uh, uh, this clarity helped me to streamline my efforts since i ha- i had a limited bandwidth due to my full time job banking job right so after that the next 3 months i uh, after i got clarity i spent close to 400 hours uh, understanding the sector which i was interested in uh since that was the only reason which I, i based on which i could have differentiated myself i was trying to connect with all the lead analysts of the sector pfsi sector in the top 20 uh, firms of india by messaging cold calling them i mean i would uh, mail up mail them my stock page my models result note annual report analysis like what not and this went on for like straight 6 months and then uh finally i got a breakthrough so to sum up uh, clarity on what i wanted second domain knowledge and thirdly crazy networking helped me that's fantastic uh, dhruvish you mentioned your mindset as the key factor that helped you a lot while trying to switch careers right so tell me more about this character traits of yours that make up this mindset and what role they played so see two career uh, two character traits that help me uh, first is persistence and the second is stubbornness so not being not uh, being stubborn about what you want but also flexible uh, about the approach right so they of course did uh, play a very crucial role so basically it's about keep hearing a no 
and not lose enthusiasm till you hear a yes so it was something which i learned very early on in my ca uh, after my ca failures right okay so for a minute let's talk about the bigger picture by bringing in some statistics so basically india is a country with 1.37 billion people and uh, it has two third of its population between the age of 15 to 64 right so getting what you want is always a challenge i mean it's dead competitive also uh, there are around 300000 chartered accountants 50000 cfa charter holders 50000 tier 1 tier 2 mbas so all in all 2 lakh eligible candidates to get a core finance role right so let's let's assume 50% of them uh, want to work in core finance so uh, now the core finance industry uh, so when i say core finance i mean the corporate finance role the treasury roles in in bank the equity research roles the investment banking roles the private equity roles and the venture capitalist roles are not more than 20000 in the country right so let's assume a hiring rate of 20% so uh, considering the industry uh, growth and the attrition rate right so there are only 4000 openings for 200000 eligible candidates in a year so basically what my point here is that the odds of winning are uh, just 2% right so with this backdrop uh, differentiating strategy like setting yourself apart from the crowd and backed by a relentless pursuit of hearing a no till you hear a yes uh, is a is a becomes a prerequisite right even for a qualified individual so i think that is what helped me so so dhruvish you worked in credit analysis at axis bank for a while how did that prepare you if at all for a career in bfsi equity research it did help me uh, to a certain extent i mean i developed a decent understanding about the credit underwriting process i mean the focus is on the borrower's intent his repayment capacity the collateral the leverage the other industry dynamics in which the borrower is operating right so see what helped me was under, understanding the differences in the underwriting process of respective banks by talking to a lot of people right but again there were 10 different things uh, which i had to learn on my own so having said that uh, bfsi equity research is more about finding out who is doing the business and then looking of course at the valuation so uh, the art uh, in the focus is forecasting the key trends of the industry and also the macro growth drivers uh, of the sector right So in a nutshell, uh, banking job was more of a subset of my current work, but yes, of course, it did give me an edge over someone who was a novice. Right. So, Dhruvish, many finance graduates aspire to break into equity analysis, right? But many of them have little or no idea as to what the role entails in practical terms. So, let's talk details. Tell me about a typical day at work for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so in a self-sided equity research and associate typically uh, works on updating the financial models of the coverage companies right then secondly uh, report writing to some extent thirdly attending quarterly result conference calls and then fourthly uh, working on client queries okay then of course uh, then you get to do a lot of channel checks by meeting people at the ground level and that's i think the best part of the job in my opinion 
uh then uh, what when you are initiate uh, when you are initiating a coverage new coverage you get hands on understanding of a com- of that company and also the sector in which uh, the also the segment of the sector in which the company is operating so all in all it's a lot of grunt work with lots of data and excel uh, work with stringent deadlines in a very high paced competitive environment so you so, work in a fairly large team um, is what he told me right with about 30 plus analysts a team that's a mix of chartered accountants uh, mbas cfa candidates and charter holders etc so i've got a few questions here from what you've seen number 1 what technical competencies should one have to succeed in equity research so firstly i mean uh, love for capital markets in general like people here love capital markets so uh, of course the modeling analytical reasoning skills the report writing skills comes later also ability to distill a large amount of information into specific takeaways in a short amount of time is necessary here also of course in depth understanding of the sector uh, you are covering goes without saying and also in built curiosity and questioning mind and then and then relentlessly searching for those answers is very important to survive keep aside succeed in this industry and my second question would be what behavioral competency should one have to succeed in equity research so uh, one needs to be prepared for long hours around the year i mean it's not a it's not a role for someone who is seeking a 9 to 5 job right also a uh, sell side is a sales job uh, going ahead i mean you are selling your idea to the buy side guy now idea is basically in the form of a your story and a narrative which is backed by the numbers right so also one needs to be able uh, to communicate and pitch the idea really well also delivering under pressure on multiple projects going on simultaneously is very much required here so dravish you did say that equity research is a deadline driven intense activity right that can burn people out and that partly for this reason many try and move out of the sector so what role do they typically move out to so it is quite difficult to move to the buy side but if not impossible but i've seen people with 2 3 years of sales side experience move to uh, portfolio management services or alternative investment fund in the buy side but that requires oh, you to have a good understanding of at least 2 3 sectors also i've seen people with 5 to 10 years of work experience move to uh, asset management companies or mutual funds in the buy side then secondly uh, very rarely the transition to uh, pvc uh, private equity venture capital happens thirdly someone who is okay with the long hours and uh, moves to investment banking uh, who are fascinated by the deal making thing then lastly uh, some who are tired with long working hours uh, exit the industry uh, in, by moving into investor relations or corporate strategy or department of a company in the sector they covered over the years in sell side so that's it yeah now you did mention to me earlier about mentors right now i believe strongly in the power of mentorship as they help you learn a lot and hence transition etc especially if you are new in a job you told me also that you have a mentor at work so i have three questions for you number one how did you and the mentor connect so actually i ended up founding him on linkedin when i was cold calling messaging 15 20 people working in the industry 
Right. And I'm curious, what kind of support uh, did you and do you get from the mentor? Sure. So, yeah, firstly, a lot of insights about the sector and the industry. Then, uh, of course, it helps you defining the focus at work. Then where and how to save time, optimize the work, Excel shortcuts, how to improve modeling and report writing skills, recommendations on what to read, right? Then uh, you have also, you have the discussions on how the macro uh, head and the tailwinds impact the sector, etc. So the approach we follow is that I must pre-read a task which is given and then the discussion happens uh, instead of spoon-feeding the concept to me. So how invaluable has this mentoring been so far? I mean, it has been like a blessing, to be honest. Uh, so your learning rate becomes 2x. And also when your curiosity to learn more is standardized in the right direction, it's, it's a feeling like no other. Let's talk about something else that we both have in common apart from chart currency, right? Um, you're a long distance runner and have run the Mumbai and Delhi marathons, which is a full 42.2 kilometers, right? And you also ran uh, a 50 kilometer ultra marathon. You also completed a 365 day running challenge and was the pace setter at two high profile marathon events in Ahmedabad. Hmm. And throughout you almost clocked about 5,000 kilometers over three years. So I have a couple of questions here for you, right? The first being, why and how did you take up running? So uh, firstly, I'll answer the how. Okay. So, so it started as an activity to reduce stress during CA exam preparations, right? So uh, I started liking it since the release of dopamine in the body due to sweating uh, improved my mood and which in turn improved my efficiency to study. So uh, after the exams, I ended up registering for a half marathon. Uh, just a fortnight away after my CA exam. So uh, with negligible training, uh, I went to the start line and with a goal to finish it without stopping or walking. So to my surprise, I could do it, uh, but it took everything out of me. And I had never pushed myself to such limits before. And I also cried at the finish line. So... Uh, all in all, that day changed uh, my life forever. And since that day, I got a lot of self-belief. Uh, also, I had high fever uh, for and weakness for three days after that day. But uh, that day, I really learned that, uh, okay, if you hang in there, then uh, you can get what you want. Uh, so now I'll answer uh, the why. So that has basically three reasons. Firstly, uh, it gives me immense self-belief that I can do whatever I set my mind to. Secondly, it's a thing uh, which I don't need to rely on someone to get my own happiness. I mean, I can do it anywhere uh, and uh, wherever I want and whenever I want. Thirdly, uh, the satisfaction which a hard run gives you is unparalleled. I mean, it's early in the morning, uh, before sunrise, you are out there proving a point to yourself. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it really helps me in other aspects uh, of life as well. Talking about other aspects of life, so how exactly has long distance running affected your uh, mindset? 
so see it has made me more persistent and patient so it so it it's a sport in which there are more bad days than good days right so it has taught me that okay no matter how hard you work there is still a good chance that you will fail but that's okay okay so i mean you simply can't stop like you just have to keep going irrespective of the success or failure you you entertain encounter i mean right so we come to the last question of this very interesting interview uh, it's a question i ask all my podcast guests right what are three career tips that you would give youngsters who are still in college or just entering the workforce so uh, firstly i would say clarity is power i mean getting clarity on what you want to do and more importantly why you want to do it right so if you know these two things then sooner or later i believe that you can get what you want so now again this is easier said than done okay so you might not have clarity on day one but uh, if you keep looking for it then uh, eventually you will get it in 2 to 4 years uh, if you are lucky second tip would be uh, i would say intelligence is overrated and persistence is underrated so i mean you don't have to be the smartest person in the room but of course you can try to be the grittiest and so there is this quote by uh, denzel washington that if you hang around the barber shop long enough uh, sooner or later you are going to get a haircut third tip would be uh, networking is more important than your degree i mean even if you are the smartest person in the room but you can't go far uh, unless 100 people know you and you know them right but having said that uh, networking uh, should be done with the intent to give and uh, it will come back to you in unexpected way so i think that three tips sums up so basically about clarity is power fact that intelligence is overrated and persistence is underrated and the third tip is networking is more important than your degree and i couldn't have put it better myself so thank you dravish for being so open uh, you know you once asked me why i invited you to this podcast as a guest right uh, you were you were probably surprised and you probably thought that who would want to listen to you but i find your story quite captivating i'll tell you why uh, from this episode you know from this interview i mean you're from a tier 2 city You you failed academically initially, but you learn from that and you nail the tough CA qualification. You were stuck in a career in credit risk and banking, but your obsession and persistence and networking skills got you a great mentor, and also helped secure your dream job in equity research. You were uh, not very active physically, but you became a super fit endurance athlete. Right? I mean, five thousand kilometers over three years of running is is uh, is amazing. So. I think you've learned a lot about life and career. I think you've also become highly self-aware uh, since this podcast is about ordinary people who do extraordinary things, and I'm very keen on transformational stories because, as we know, many people screw up early in life, and they need to know that failure is not fatal. Uh, and yours is definitely a transformational story. So thank you once again for opening up, for sharing your insightful and inspirational story. with audience of the rfm podcast and i think your mindset will take you far in career and life and i wish you the very best thanks a lot thank you i appreciate it. 
This podcast was brought to you by The Real Finance Mentor. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you found it insightful and inspirational. If you did enjoy this episode, please drop us a review and spread the word. And be sure to check out more exclusive content on therealfinancementor.com and my LinkedIn profile, which is Binod Shankar CFA. Let's keep in touch. Just add your name to the mailing list on therealfinancementor.com and we'll tell you about new episodes, plus book reviews, upcoming events and blogs. Till the next time, onwards and upwards.